When talking to top producing agents, the number one thing they all have in common is they talk about their sphere of influence, their repeat and referral business. This is something that absolutely some of us are much better at than others, but the top producing agents hold on to those clients and those relationships once they have them. Today, we're going to dive into what you should be doing, especially with the industry shakeup that may or may not be coming with the commission lawsuits and in general, our, our slowing down market. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Real Estate Agent Playbook, helping you win at the game of real estate every day. Here is your host, Jeremy Kane. What's up, guys? Jeremy Kane, eXp Realty and the Real Estate Agent Playbook. I'm so excited for this one. As you know, I help agents build business through repeat and referral uh, clients, as well as managing their sphere of influence. So if you're interested in booking a call with me on that, there's definitely a link below, but watch the video first to make sure that we would connect on a higher level and I would be of assistance to you. While you're here, please like, comment, subscribe, and we'll get into it. So some of you may or may not know that I closed 52 transactions in 2021, one a week, and 49 of them were from my sphere of influence, and 36 of those were from repeat client or repeat client referrals. So this is a true metric showing that I absolutely leverage my repeat clients and stay in contact because either they do business with me again, which as you know, is a statistic that usually is around 20%. And not only that, but they also refer me business as well. So what, what's all into this? And it's all about the client experience and all of this, but why does this matter right now? Well, as you know, buyer's agent commissions are kind of under fire. There may be some changes coming in the industry. And at the end of the day, people are going to do business with people they know, like, and trust. With all those changes in the industry shakeup coming, it is you know, thought by most that several agents will be leaving the industry. So when you really think about it and you're talking to agents, they always say, well, you know, everyone knows seven agents, so how do I separate myself? Well, that number from seven might go to four or three or one uh, in the coming years as you know the, the industry gets a little bit tighter and the professionals will continue. And those that were just doing the onesie twosies, maybe had other jobs and had a real estate license, maybe getting out of the industry. So what do we do right now to leverage all of the changes that may or may not occur in our industry? It is really about dialing in your sphere of influence and your connections and your touches and your value stack, right? And so this is just one piece of the value stack that we're going to get into, but it is a very important topic. So now that we understand that there may be a change in our industry and there is massive opportunity for you to dial in, you know, your sphere and, and really connect with the people that already know, like, and trust you so that you can expand that, this is what we're going to talk about today. The power of a repeat client is absolutely amazing. Obviously, they purchased a home, but usually, you know, they start out as buyers in some cases. Sometimes, you know, they bought before you're in the industry and you're selling for the first transaction. But let's just say that they bought a home from you in the past. You help them purchase this home. You were a key reason that they were able to take their, you know, down payment that they had. Typically, if it's their first home, it's a little bit smaller and purchase a home. They then lived in the home. Maybe they did some improvements. And now they're seeing the fruits of their labor in addition to, you know, the all the stuff they've done in the updates, they're also getting a benefit of appreciation 
as well as they've lived in the home and built memories in that home. So that's that's massive to be able to go into a home that you helped a client buy two to five years, 10, whatever years before and say, hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking your your net would be. This is what you're worth. This is what you know it costs to sell your home. And this is what you're going to walk away from the table with. Typically, that number, especially over the last five years, is exponentially larger than any other investment they could have had. And they've also been living in the the home since you sold it to them. So looking at that as an investment vehicle really turns some light bulbs on. And so having that you know joy of, of bringing that ability to help build wealth through real estate, that's number one. Next, you know they're probably going to sell the home. They're maybe moving up, maybe downsizing, whatever they're doing. But then they're going to probably purchase another home. So you get uh, two transactions typically out of these sale buys. If they're moving out of state, make sure that you're leveraging your referral partners uh, in other states. If you don't know anybody in other states, it's pretty simple. Join some real estate groups, put some words out there. You will be able to find a good fit for your client. But as you can see, this is the power of repeat business, right? This is the power of helping someone and staying in touch and doing these touches and doing the little things so that you're top of mind when they go to sell their home. And it all starts, of course, with the initial experience. So I talk about client journey a ton. That's not what we're going to talk about here. But make sure that you are doing everything you can to stand out and provide value in whatever way you possibly can so that you're, they're more likely to want to raise their hand and use you the next time. The next part and the beauty of this is referrals, right? So maybe somebody found their forever home, you found their dream home, you did the job on the first take. That's amazing. Now what happens is you're still continuing to stay in front of them and talk to them and invite them to your events and check in with them regularly. Make sure that you're doing everything you can to keep in touch with the house. I have an annual review. We'll talk about that in a second. But that will lead to them referring business. Usually people hang out with cohorts that are, you know, in similar time frames. So maybe they have friends that are looking to get into their dream home. Maybe they have friends that are looking to move up. And if you're doing the right thing and they've had a positive experience, they're going to refer you business. Now, ultimately, all of this is done, depending on how you started the relationship, for little to no dollars out of pocket, which is extremely important since, you know, transactions are down 40% this year. So you're able to just be present and do the things that you can do. Sure, gifting and stuff adds to the, the value stack for sure. But you're able to do this almost at, a, at no cost to you. And the truth is, as the industry changes, people are going to understand that they need to use people that they know, like, and trust. It's no longer, you know, hey, I'm just going to click on this and get a Zillow agent and see what happens. People are starting to understand, well, you know, okay, the interest rates aren't quite as low. This is a pretty big investment. Maybe I should call my buddy Jeremy, or maybe I should call my, you know, agent that I trust, not just that agent that, you know, I last saw. So you need to build that trust throughout. Obviously, those referrals come. And more so now, people are going to be raising their hand being like, okay, you had a really good experience. I've seen what you've done with the house. I want to be like you because that's who people hang out with, people that want to be like them or that they want to be like. And then they're going to say, hey, yeah, give Jeremy a call. They took great care of me. Not only that, but, you know, he stayed in touch. He's done these annual reviews. He's done the things that help me manage my asset. And it's treated like a, you know, true investment, right? We don't just invest in the stock market and set it and forget it and not, never talk to our financial advisor again. So why do we do that, you know, to our clients being the key cog in helping them invest in real estate? 
So now we know why it matters, absolutely. Maybe you skip to this point because you're ready for some tactical, but here's some tips to boost your client experience, to boost the repeat, repeat referral business. First and foremost, dial in your service, your experience. It should be a great experience. And buying a home is, you know, stressful and all the things. Usually by the end of it, people are pretty happy. Most times there's happy people at the closing table, at least in my experience. However, getting there is key. So you must dial in exactly what their experience is like. This starts with your communication skills, right? This also starts with your ability to work through some maybe troubling inspection items or maybe a, a low appraisal or anything like that. You have to have that experience to not only, you know, stand up and fight for your clients, but have the retrospect, have them understand, hey, this is, you know, this is what we, this is how this works, right? This is probably what we can get. Usually people are going to, you know, take care of the major health and safety items. They're probably not going to take care of the cosmetic items. Maybe they shouldn't take care of the cosmetic items because you don't naturally like their taste, right? You don't like the color of their paint. You don't like the color of their carpet, whatever. So the cosmetic items usually fall on you as a homeowner, as long as they're not major health and safety. So dial in those tactics and those conversations that you can have in scripts, I guess, you know, so to speak with your client so that they understand, okay, Jeremy's looking out for my best interest, but he's also, you know, being strategic in how we're asking for inspection items, how we're negotiating and what our end goal is. And you should have strategies. You should talk about your strategies. And at the end of the day, you have to represent your client what they want. However, there is ways to go about it to make sure that the situation ends with all parties feeling like they got a win, right? The bulldozer agent, the one that just storms through and says, hey, my clients want this, this, this. You need to absolutely have this. That's not really what we're looking for. We're looking to accomplish an end goal. As an agent, I always work pretty tirelessly to make sure that everyone feels like they got a deal, right? And certainly my clients are first and foremost, but I want to make sure the relationship with the other agent is that isn't contentious because I don't want that to get in the common goal of everybody involved, the buyer's agent, listing agent, seller, buyer, lender, inspector, appraiser, they all want this transaction to close. And so how do we work together to make that happen and both the buyer and seller end up happy at the end? That's absolutely key. And you know, you don't think about it so much as repeat and referral stuff, but that's absolutely the key to making everybody feel successful. Right. Then we get to the closing. Then it's about staying in contact. It's really about helping manage your asset. As I mentioned, I do an annual review where we talk about all things real estate home related. Right. It's not, hey, do you want to buy or sell? It's, hey, what are we doing with your asset? This is your loan amount. This is your equity. That's pretty cool. You know, show, highlight the equity gained. Um, and then we talk about, OK, are you in the right loan? Do you have any, you know, idea for the equity that you have? Do you have, you know, college tuition to pay for? Or, you know, do you have any upgrades that you want to do that maybe you need to leverage that equity? Okay, talk about that loan. Are we, are, do we have mortgage insurance? All the things. Then we move into, you know, insurance, make sure that the home is insured, any improvements and so on. And as you can see, it's a tool that helps them manage the asset. And you, as their advisor, are helping them manage that asset. So when the light bulb turns on and they're like, hey, we want to make a move, they're going to call that advisor that's been advising them, walking alongside them, giving them referrals for great contractors and great people that are doing things around their house or their town, you know, the best barber, whatever they, they need, you want to be that connector.
Because the more conversations you have with them, the more times you'll come up in conversations with their cohorts. So all of these unique follow-up strategies, absolutely key. Um, I do gifts, you know, so to speak, happy birthdays, you know, Christmas stuff. But the thing is, it, it needs to be general, but it needs to be specific to you, right? I will tell you that I've made a shift in my mindset here. I've kind of spread out my budget, you know, for gifting and along the, those lines. This is because, you know, everybody's sending Christmas cards and gifts around Christmas. Not to say you shouldn't do it. Everybody's sending, you know, the tax forms, you know, in January. So you want to be a little bit different. Maybe, you know, I, I know a lot of people do this, but not a ton do, is, you know, a scratch ticket during St. Patrick's Day or something that along lines with you, a barbecue in the summer, you know, client events at, at odd times, right? Everybody's so busy at Christmas, but we plan the client events around Christmas and then nobody can come because they're so busy. So being unique and different is absolutely a must when you're developing your gifting strategy and make sure that you're leveraging it and making sure you're not just one and the same, right? You're not just posting on their Facebook wall and saying happy birthday because 150 people do that no matter how many friends you have. So you want to stand out, maybe do a video text, whatever that may be, especially early on. And that's one thing I want to drive home is early on in your career, you may not have the budget to expand a gifting program because you know you have to sell that first home to have you know a budget to buy open house signs or whatever so the little touches the things that are free to you the video text the you know hey let's meet for coffee you know lower dollar items are absolutely something that you can leverage until you get the budget for these you know more elaborate gifting strategies and the next thing is engage your clients beyond the business beyond the transaction right Allow them to, you know, if they have kids, let's, you know, get together. And I'm not saying you have to be best friends or your clients have to be family. I try and bring my clients into my family. Um, I used to host, you know, a summer party at my home. I, I have enough clients now where that would be kind of a disaster. But little touches like that, you know, making those connections with the kiddos, a play date. Um, maybe, you know, if, if it's just a couple and a couple going out, you know, on a double date or, you know, any of those things to do life with your clients, be that person that's not just, you know, that advisor. Here's one thing attorneys don't do well, besides, you know, clearly make a lot of money off uh, lawsuits is they don't, you know, engage their clients because, you know, of the nature of the business. However, in real estate, we typically have a little bit better settlement feeling at the end that we can maybe engage in, in things like that, social events, client events, small group outings, talk golf, get a group of, of you know, your clients together that love sports and go to a game or, you know, any of those things that you can do. And if it's, if it's not affordable to take them to a game here, you know, maybe get together and have a watch party or something you can do to engage those clients that have those similar, you know, interests that you do and, and kind of break it down. And that way you'll have, a bunch of options, right? If you always do the family stuff, well, if you're a family oriented only realtor, that's great. But if you're like me and you have all clients from different strokes for different folks, you come in and you, you know, maybe we'll we'll have a watch party here. Maybe we'll do Santa Claus over here. Maybe we'll do, you know, a poker night over here, whatever that is to be very diverse and make sure that you're getting back and touching each and every individual client as they are. And then you're not forcing your clients to be, you know, exactly along the same lines as everybody else. And then the next thing is just leverage social media. When you have these events, when you have these, 
you know, breakthroughs and stories, be careful with names and things and pictures on social media, but tell the story, right? If your client doesn't want to be featured on, you know, social media, you can tell the story without telling their name or showing their picture or giving their address. So make sure you're leveraging socials and your website and testimonials and all the things so that everybody knows, right? Maybe that common friend sees that, you know, Jenny had an absolutely amazing experience working with you. And then we can move forward and they're like, oh, well, when I'm ready to buy or sell, I'm going to call Jeremy because I saw that social media post and Jenny's a lot like me. And so as you can see here, these are the things that we need to be doing because honestly, the leads will draw, come and go, right? The Zillow leads will forever change. If buyer's agent commissions go away, there's about 9 million lead generation companies that call me every day that are going to be out of business, um, which not saying they're going to go away or anything like that. That's not what this is about. But as the industry changes, are you going to be that you know, wealth of knowledge for your people that already know, like, and trust you and continue to build that and maybe leverage their know, like, and trust of you into their spheres and grow your business organically instead of relying on these third-party companies that you pay a ton of money for who may not be the answer as we move forward. So if you have any questions, let me know. I would love to connect with you. I do have a Realtor Game Plan call link below. I would love to chat with you about anything, sphere of influence, client retention, calendar audits, all the things. Uh, thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.